Hello, I'm Amber Lauva and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Avenue podcast. I started this podcast in late 2018 and I just love learning about the fashion and beauty industry and hearing from the people that are absolutely killing it in their brands and everything that they're accomplishing in the industry. Today, I'm chatting to Sarah Hamilton, who is the co-founder of Australian skincare brand Sand and Sky. You probably saw the brand absolutely blow up on social media with their Australian pink clay face mask and you probably thought what is that? (laughs) I know I did. I chat to Sarah about the success of Sand and Sky, the benefits of Australian pink clay and her advice on cracking the beauty world. If you want to know all of that and more then make sure you keep on listening to this episode of the Fashion Avenue podcast. Sarah thank you so much for joining me on the Fashion Avenue podcast. Lovely to chat to you, Amber. You too. I'm very excited because Sand and Sky, this is a pretty big brand. And I remember when it first popped up, um, it was just everywhere, absolutely mm. everywhere. I felt no one <laughs> could pe- escape some it. Some people might say annoying. Say <laughs> no, it was great because it really made you, um, I guess it's one of those things where you, if you see a brand so many times, you're like, I really want to try that. It's just everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's using it. Um, but I thought I'd start out kind of from the start and um, ask you about your interests growing up. Um, what Was business and beauty ever a part of it? Business was much so, much more so than beauty. So mm-hmm. I think I the school that my sister and I went to is more like a sporty school. So mm-hmm. I probably wore foundation for the first time maybe when I was 18, which sounds wow. so ridiculous now. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as I started working, then I definitely got into it. Whereas business was just what our family did. So my parents had their own business. And um, once we were all working, so I'm one of four children, dad always used to laugh that none of us earned a salary because we were all running our own businesses. Wow. Yeah. So we were just, we grew up around it. I think dad's first business was a um, chain of carpet stores. We grew up in Geelong um, with a couple of his friends and then went on to property development. And so for us, it was just, yeah, part of the vernacular, something we discussed at lunches and and we were all really interested in. So my first job was at McDonald's and the reason why I got a job at McDonald's, it was because I read the McDonald's story and I was really intrigued by it. So then I went and got a job at McDonald's. I didn't eat McDonald's. I just got a job there because I'm really interested in the business wow. story behind. I know. That is, and that's, how, that's what got me the job because when I told the owner of the franchise, she was just like, wow, you're weird. Yeah, because I was just thinking no one would really go for a job at McDonald's unless, you know, they're really desperate for a first job or, you know, that's, know. you know they're really um, interested in the food and all of that. So for you to actually be interested in the business side, that's so amazing. Wow. So silly now. And I remember my boyfriend at the time was like, every time he picked me up from McDonald's, would be like, it's like I'm kissing a pickle. <laughs> like, you stink of McDonald's. But yeah, no, I was really, uh, yeah, enamored by the business story, um, the good parts of it. And yeah. so that's what made me get a job. So yes, that was definitely part of our, our wow. life growing up and the beauty part kind of came later. That's amazing. I can't believe that. And plus, you need to start somewhere, right? Because, you know, you need mm. to get that experience, especially when you're young and starting out. So, and I feel like everyone worked at McDonald's growing up. I know, so. I know. <laughs> everyone loved the ice cream cakes, so it wasn't all bad. Oh, yeah, the ice cream cakes. <laughs> oh, that, they were the best in, um, back in the day when you have a party. And, oh, exactly. that, yeah, I, you know, I really want to have one of those for maybe my 30th or something, um, yeah. a McDonald's party. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> Take you back. 
<laughs> and so what was it like, I guess, out of school? Did you study or anything? Um, so, yes, I went to Monash in Melbourne yeah. and I started commerce law and ended up finishing the commerce and not the law because I just a lawyer was not on my career path. Once I got into wow. it and realised it wasn't really for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the commerce side, I just wanted to start working. It felt like such a long time to be yeah. at uni that I was keen keen to, to get involved in the workforce and keen to earn a little bit of cash. Yeah, and so where did you go from there? What happened after after uni and all of that was said and done? So I moved, I interviewed once with KPMG and they showed me this light path to being partner, which I found quite, it just was, wasn't exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great for a lot of other people, but didn't suit me. So I went to a media agency, was my first role as sort of their like business manager. Great. And from there, I always say I just worked in really fun companies on the finance side. Oh. So in London, I worked for Dazed and Confused. And then I moved to New York with Spin Magazine and became their general manager wow. in the end. So, yeah, it was sort of this progression of like, yeah, cool, creative, fun companies. And then I made sense of their financials and then moved to the wider management team. Oh, my goodness. Damn. (laughs) Killing it. That's that's very impressive. (laughs) Well, thank you. I don't know what it was, but it was good fun. It was uh, nice to work in numbers, but for Mm -hmm. a company that was producing something tangible. Yeah, no, that's super fun. At least, you know, you're able to work in probably a, a nicer environment, probably not so boring as well, right? Right. Yeah, I didn't have to do auditing, which oh, I think sounds quite tough. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> even that word gives me shivers. <laughs> And so I read, obviously, and as you just said, moved to the US. So what was the reasoning for that rather than, I guess, staying in Australia? And what did that do not only for your career, but also, I guess, life experience as well? So we lived in London, I think, for nearly four years. And Mm -hmm. I think just that experience of moving somewhere new, working in a different environment was really exciting. And I had visited New York once and I just had this feeling that I hadn't regretted anything in my life. And Mm -hmm. if I didn't move to New York, that that would be one regret for me. So right. at 30, actually, I moved over there unemployed. Wow. <laughs> like, this is fine. And I had two friends there and I was like, I like hanging around with them. I used to call them my 24-7 friends. I need one 24-7 friend <laughs> and I'm fine to move to a new city. So yeah. it was kind of... Uh, I suppose a bit ballsy at that point mm. and and then my youngest brother moved over and it, it was funny because he said what's what do I do what's my goal and I'm like every day just know that you'll get a job it's going to be fine mm-hmm. and just move forward wow. you'll find something that you love and so yeah then from there I you know got the job with spin which was really good fun and got sort of a further thirst for doing my own thing through that process. Yeah. And so while I'm super keen to get into Sand and Sky, obviously um, I know that you also started Bella Box here in Australia. Um, And obviously you sold that a few years ago now. Is that correct? Uh, So we're still on the boards. We still have a shareholding in it. Oh, great. Yeah, export 50% of it. Yeah. So can I ask about the idea behind it? Uh, Because I know subscription boxes really became a thing around that time in the US. So Birchbox is definitely the pioneer of Mm. of the concept and once Emily and I saw that and the greatest story was it was two young professional women who had no idea about beauty but bought a lot of beauty products (laughs) and we were like, that's us. We can do that. Yes, amazing. (laughs) And at that stage, it was like, you know, Australia is a really, we love coming back home, really um, captive market and no one at that point was doing it. So we were like, well, that's fine. You know, we can learn hopefully about beauty or we hire the right people. And um, literally from there, I think we talked about it in May, we launched by October 
and we hired two amazing girls who helped us secure all the brands. But it was wow. funny, in, this, in Australia and talking to all of the beauty brands, a lot of them didn't know about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, everyone's talking about it. Like they're in every business publication in the US. Yeah. But Australia was still, you know, a, a little bit slow to grasp the concept. And mm -hmm. the funny thing is now with Sand and Sky, we've sampled over 3 million samples in, in beauty boxes globally. Wow. And it's such a great marketing channel. So, and we're good at negotiating because we know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. I, I can't believe that the beauty box is still kicking. Like that's really an innovative, uh, yeah, an idea. And obviously bringing it, that idea to Australia is even better. And how did you initially get brands to say yes? It was hard because, mm. because they hadn't heard of the concept. They were like, well, I'd rather give it out to someone, you know, in a department store. And our point was you could do that, but then you have actually no connection with that customer you're not yes. going to follow up with them whereas the whole point of a beauty box is that people are paying to receive products so they want to try it's not mm. a freebie that just sits in their cupboard they're engaged with the product and then the sort of follow-through that you have in terms of incentivizing them to purchase is really powerful because they've mm. talked about your product and you know this is when social media was just really starting to pick up yeah. and you've got like yeah, a million people that are talking about your product yeah. and that's the cost of a sample and, and you know who those people are. So once we got that on their radar, then they started to understand why. The hardest thing was probably that brands didn't want to be associated with other brands. So a really right. premium brand didn't want to be associated with a mass brand. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny now because as we know about people's beauty buying habits, a lot of people will go cross sections, I suppose, to yeah. buy their beauty products. Like, you know, you might go super high of your moisturiser, but your micellar water, you might go a little bit more drugstore beauty. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that that was still tough. But, um, again, for me now with Sandsky, I'm like, God, this is how women buy. Totally. Oh, my <laughs> And you goodness. need to get your product in their hands. Like totally. people still want to try before they buy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't even tell you how many times I go into different stores and want samples of different things to try because it's just so overwhelming as well so exactly yeah, yeah and just the market you know completely saturated so the only way to really figure out what's good for your skin or what's good for you is to give it a go before you buy try before exactly. you buy yeah. yeah yeah and i know you get one great use of it and then of course you want to buy the product and 100%. then you're an engaged consumer yeah. Exactly. And I know around the time, I, I think when, I guess, well, when Bella Box was around when it first started um, mm. here in Australia, that was probably when YouTube was becoming a massive thing, right? Yes. And yeah, then exactly. people would be posting what they got and doing the unboxings. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's hilarious, isn't it? But yes, yeah. definitely. And again, a super engaged membership base mm. that, and they want to be the first to know. They want to tell their friends about those products, which just again on social media helps spread the word. So much yeah. better than giving it out at a show or something like that because you've got the consumer who's actually paid for it so they yeah. care about trying the product exactly and what do you think has been the biggest takeaways I guess from learning uh, from starting Bella Box to now going into more brands and what have you learned from having that as your well first kind of brand I guess the product and its efficacy is still so so important which is great yeah totally <laughs> I think sometimes <laughs> we get confused with um you know that we're a marketing company and I'm like no we're not because if we had a crappy product all the marketing in the world is not going to change that. Yeah. So the good thing is that, you know, the product, and it needs to work quickly. People are impatient. Yes. So when we, you know, thought about Sam and Sky, we were like, okay, 
need, it needs to look good on social media. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, you can't launch a brand like now without. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. You need to think of Instagram. <laughs> and it's true. And you need, you know, you need to have a strong relationship with your customers. And yeah. even when we started, you know, the review side, like even a Trustpilot or um, product review, they were still sort of in their infancy, big on travel, not so much on beauty products. Yeah. The good thing for us was we cre- created a product that worked um, quickly. So then all of a sudden our reviews went crazy. And that's just another way for people to, if they haven't tried your product, it's a good way to do research to see whether or not it would be for them. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think all those little, and we had to manage customers a lot through Bellabox. So all those little things just added um, into what we've created with Sand and Sky. Absolutely. And how many years later did you launch Sand and Sky from Bellabox? So we launched probably six years later, six years after okay. Bellabox, we started Sand and Sky. Decent probably five if we're including the um, development time. Yeah. So you've made all your mistakes already. You've you've learned from them. <laughs> six years later, you're ready to go again. <laughs> Start fresh. Clean hopefully, slate. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Do you know, and, and 100% launching a brand that sold globally um, from day one was oh. a huge learning from Bellabox. Right. Yes. Yeah. So true. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine. Wow. Yeah. Super, super important for us. Oh, yeah. And what was the niche that you were trying to fill by launching Sand and Sky? What was it that we were missing as consumers? It's funny because, and we had this with Bellbox, that we just tried to be what we were and we weren't as worried with how we sat in the competition. Like We believed that if we delivered a good product that people would keep coming to us and um, keep subscribing i think with sand and sky it's like as you said there's so many beauty products around we really believe that and especially with bella box our subscribers didn't want australian brands they only wanted international brands but because we've lived in a few different places and you really saw that people love australia and they have you know this notion of what it is like we're really like well you know and what australian brands are really talking about being australian Mm. we're like okay we want to create an australian brand and we want to create a product that we really like which at that point was a focus group of four people um and (laughs) And we got, and you know, we we're really into like eighty percent of the flora and fauna is unique to Australia and all this sort of stuff. So yeah. that really intrigued us. The clean beauty movement, like that understanding transparency and ingredients, was really big for us. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't so much a niche; it was more following what we thought would be exciting for the market, as opposed to being like, yeah, this no one's doing this. Like, and yeah. it just it, it really evolved yeah. more so from there. And luckily, we found a bit of a gap in the market. Yeah, it's interesting taking that approach rather than trying to find a solution for um, yeah a gap I guess in, in the market and a niche that's a really mm. interesting way because obviously it became and it has become so successful so I think when people are starting businesses they focus so much on a niche rather than thinking outside the box yeah so, yeah. yeah you assume so many things but you don't because even we changed the packaging because all of a sudden we we're like oh my god we created this Australian brand you can't even tell that's Australian <laughs> <laughs> And we made a blue jar when the product's pink, like just stupid. So that's why we did that, you know, within the first six months. We were like, no, this is what we need to do now. So, yeah, we allowed it to evolve without getting too hung up on not having the perfect plan at the Mm. onset. I also think 
with packaging almost to make it look Australian, it's almost a fine line with being too almost tacky or being a bit too, mm. you know, next thing you know, you're slapping, you know, Southern Cross on there and koalas. And- yeah. <laughs> We're a little bit far away from that. But yes, totally. Like you can't, like, you know, if you think about all those, like, you know, Australian, not supplements, but there's a lot of Australian brands yeah. in um, China, I suppose, that look really like, Oka Australian, like really mm. that, you know, whereas no, we were still trying to have that premium feel to totally. what we're doing. We're still really into the design element yeah. of the product. So, yes, we yeah. we didn't want to go to, to Southern Crossy um, <laughs> in the packaging. Well, it looks <laughs> it's amazing. subtle. Yes, it is subtle. It looks beautiful. I love it. <laughs> and so obviously at the start of the chat, um, I said, you know, how I saw Sand and Sky, especially the Australian pink clay mask. I think everyone mm. saw that everywhere. And if you didn't, you're living under a rock. Um, I know. <laughs> and so why Australian pink clay and why this type of product? So it was my sister that was really into the Australian pink clay that it wasn't talked about, but clay masks can be really beautiful, but they just take too long to dry on your face and so that's why we're like and and luckily for us that black mask that just basically tore your skin off your face was (laughs) (laughs) no one likes blackheads but that's (laughs) the extreme measure and so that kind of was big and this is all while we were developing the product so we didn't see how how helpful that would be Mm, (laughs) um but it was so yeah it was more around this unique australian pink clay we really believe that because our environment is quite pristine, that you get better quality ingredients. Mm-hmm. So we're really focused on all the ingredients coming from Australia, which we think has an impact on, the again, the efficacy of the product. So it kind of just went from there. We had three products we were going to choose from. Um, in hindsight, we should have had more developed when we launched, but we just weren't thinking, you know, of what was actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just then went about how we create a pink clay mask that dries super quickly yeah. <laughs> and so that we're again time poor and you know we broke one of our manufacturers broke one of their mixing machines on it so oh. most clay masks have a higher water content than clay and ours is number one ingredient is the is the clay yeah so all those little things just just added in but yeah mm. we really and i think it's the same you want that clear skin you want the redness to go you want mm. your pores to be refined like it's all the key stuff that you just fighting against all the time and yeah and luckily as we started using the product we're like oh my god my skin feels amazing after this and it looks so much clearer so we then felt quite confident on um, what it could do and how long did it take to formulate the product we were sort of doing it part-time um so probably a a year um with half of that part-time okay geez and what was the process like was it kind of did you have any challenges along the way no the challenges only came once we started selling out right okay (laughs) 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 always happens that way it seems yeah exactly no it was it was quite a nice process we have great manufacturers um great had a really good consultant on board who helped us with our formulations and she's like a skincare guru so she was telling us you know this is what you need to do whereas we were much more like okay this is what it needs to feel like afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just had all the right people. So Great. it evolved quite naturally. But the brush was a last minute decision. Oh, really? Um, a great decision. Yeah, I know. Best decision. We like, oh, best decision. <laughs> best decision for social media. How did we not work that out? Yes. Because um, we were just like, oh, my God, it's really annoying that it gets under your nails. Oh, and that's then, the worst. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. We were just like, oh, wait a minute. That was Sam who we were working with. It was like, 
what about a brush or something? And luckily we had a supplier that we could go to and we we're like, no, it's too big. It's got to be cute, got to be little. Yeah. And I feel like that was like a couple of months out from launch where we wow. made that decision. And, yeah, so the first box, it was a bit finicky where it sat and then we've improved that structure of the box so the, bo- the brush sits in there nicely. But, Lovely. yeah, like we had other people like, do you mind if I use it with another mask? I'm like, no, it's fine. So just something that simple is, is purely like just practical, like, oh, it's sort of annoying to use. Oh, yeah. I can't even <laughs> tell you how annoying it is because I – you know, I've been buying masks for years. I love a face mask. It's like my favorite mm. thing. I do like face mask Sundays. Like it's my thing. Yeah. And so it's so annoying. And you know, you might have acrylics on, or just had yeah. your nails done, or something, and you're just like, oh, like digging your hand and nails into <laughs> a a big jar of you know of a mask or any or exactly. any sort of face cream. It just ruins the whole process. <laughs> it is not a great part of the process. It's that's not. For sure. Oh, thank God for that brush. I'm telling you. <laughs> And Very last minute. Yeah, great decision. And obviously, we're seeing a lot uh, in A Beauty, which is fantastic. I'm all about mm. it. It's amazing. So, what's A Beauty to you? When we started talking about it, it's like it was definitely the sort of dichotomy of K Beauty versus A Beauty. So, K Beauty mm. is eleven steps and take a lot of work and. And especially as we started working with influencers and all these travel influencers, it's like Australians don't really like to spend that much time in the bathroom. No. <laughs> so for us, it's really that clean beauty. It's about our lifestyle. It's about glowing skin, like that sort of sun-kissed glow. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just, you know, fuss-free yeah. and really simple, which is, again, what we think the, the great part of the Australian lifestyle is. So that's for us that travel aspect that people want to come to australia like we really want to embody that in a beauty absolutely and you know it is the best country obviously it is you know (laughs) i think you live in various places and then you come back and you're like you know it is pretty amazing and we have you know funnily enough lots of international employees and it's just so funny seeing them get excited about different places they of course do more travel than we do so yeah yeah, it is cool and yeah chat to people about what it means to them and it is it it is really strong we're not perfect but um, there's so many great elements to the lifestyle here. Yeah I love that that's great and with researching with ingredients how how much research did you have to do to educate yourself on ingredients obviously being skincare there's you know a bit that goes into it. Lots and lots of research we now have um, a chemist on staff which makes it easier but I think um, our research was all about asking all the dumb questions like yeah what (laughs) does that do why would we have that in the product like it has to do something otherwise it's not worth it Mm -hmm. so the almost the same naivety we had with Bella Box bringing into producing skincare <laughs> products has been helpful yeah. because we care about what we're putting on our skin and there's no point putting something on that's not going to do have an impact and and yeah we've been lucky to be surrounded by really intelligent people that can help us you know jump those skincare lessons at yeah times. because you need the help you know it's good to surround yeah, yourself and with it's that. just bouncing ideas off and even then mm. us getting into what else can we use what other australian ingredients you know and we're able to do that research and like oh this is really cool like yeah this. that's that. been really exciting yeah and then it's hard because you've got to work out how to get these ingredients but yeah. that's getting easier is there a bit of is there a bit of a science 
with putting, you know, thinking about different ingredients that you want to try, but then thinking how they work together and if it actually is going to be a good relationship with the ingredients working? Yes, definitely. Mm. And we um, use various formulators, so they're able to help us through that as well. Yeah, fantastic. What are the properties? Yeah, what form would we need it in in order to work well with the other ingredients, etc. So there's definitely a lot of work and, uh, you know, most products take sort of 18 months to develop and it's a, yeah, a lot of back and forth. Yeah, I, I love all that stuff though. I'm a bit of a nerd. So all of that yes. more science stuff, I'm like, oh, I love hearing about it. It's so exciting. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, it is really exciting. And back to the mask, how did the mask really take off? Was there a pivotal moment? Oh, I feel like it happened in the first, I suppose, month. Oh, my God. Wow. And it was just more so the pickup from customers. Um, mm. And we just got like we had influencers, but really smaller influencers that we were working with. And I was literally on a flight from Singapore and we tripled the previous day's sales within the first six hours of the next day. Wow. And it just, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like obviously we'd done work and we were really proud of what we had created. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have great people on the team that helped us get really good influencers. But you know, there was one moment where, you know, there was a lot of at that time Chinese brands coming out that presented themselves as not being Chinese and then two weeks later after you made your order you got something from China Post, so no brand story. Oh, and right. people started saying, oh, you're not an Australian brand. We are like, okay. Um, so our office, our old office was on the corner of um, Flinders Lane and Elizabeth Street yep. in the city in Melbourne and there's trams going past. <laughs> and so we took a photo of the staff with a tram out the window <laughs> and we posted it because we were just like, I don't know what to say to these people, <laughs> these trolls that want to have a go at yeah. us. And then when we posted that, our customers came to our defence. Yeah, they're in Melbourne. I know where that office is. This is a great product. And so I think it was just that interaction, you know, that just then kept the momentum going. And I know even I was on a call with my sister and her husband and I could see the traffic going crazy on the website. And I'm like, I don't know where it's coming from. We're trying to find out where it is. And in the US um, on BuzzFeed, there's this group of girls called Ladylike. And they reviewed the product because they were just like, why is everyone talking about this, <laughs> this pink clay mask? <laughs> and, you know, no PR, no nothing. This is just like a video. And it got, I think, 2 million views. Wow. You reposted on Huda Beauty. Like just stuff wow. was happening that we were like, Oh my God. It's happening. (laughs) Praise yourself. And it just exceeded all expectations. Wow. Was it all hands on deck then? Oh, yes. I feel sorry for our manufacturers. I think they they nearly (laughs) broke up with us because I kept ringing up our account manager and saying, I don't care. You need more products. You need more products. Yeah. told not to do that <laughs> oh my gosh and how did you how did you go logistically with all of that how did that work we were just able to push suppliers like it's kind of wow. interesting especially when you're new that's easier now we're a much more sort of well-oiled machine and we just do yeah. not have that ability to you know because the numbers are um nicely big which is handy and, and it's hard mm-hmm. to move things there's too many too many moving parts yeah whereas at that point It was, yeah, I'd have to ring up this poor director directly because I'd be like, okay, and then we were able to get our jar manufacturer to um, work on product on the jars for us faster. So it was literally pulling strings. And I think for them, they were really excited. They were like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So they were able to help us out. But we sold out a couple of times, but we've managed to. And even we just launched a body sound and that sold out. So we're still trying. Oh, my goodness. But, yes, 
back then it was easier to pull strings to get to get um, product. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a whirlwind. Business can go anyway. It's so funny just how quickly things can happen. And obviously that's also credit to social media and how big things can just, uh, you know, they just blow up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah, and it's sort of, and which is exciting, but you've got to be ready. And as you said, like not over plan, like we just, mm. we thought, yep, we thought small when we started and we were just like, oh, wait a minute, there <laughs> is something exciting here. You know, this is really different. Yeah. And we my- just need to move quickly and um, try and keep up with the demand. Yeah, it must be really validating to also, you know, have so many people after the product that you've, you know, that you've come up with, that you've brainstormed, something that you've been, you know, working on. It is, but then it's kind of funny that it's much like anything, that you've still got all your day-to-day so you don't sit back and go, oh, my God, because you're just like, what's next? Like, this is really exciting, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's extremely humbling. Like, definitely had a few conversations where I'm like, oh, I've heard about that product. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Which I just, you know, I don't expect. So, yeah, that's really cool. It's, it's, yeah, it's definitely amazing. But the next is like, okay, well, we need to be bigger, of course. Like, you're always yeah. up for the next challenge. Do you ever take time to just kind of, I guess, reflect and be like, wow, we did that? Um, probably not, no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, that's fine. <laughs> Pretend that I'm no, I'm grateful, but there's yes. just always and something. there's always new opportunities. Yeah, that, there's always and, something else. Yeah, and you just get used to being a bigger brand, and then you want to be a bigger brand. You know, yeah, it's, it's the challenge almost, of day to day. It almost be a bit addictive, right? Thinking about the I next think it's thing. Addictive, yeah. Yeah, I think like I do definitely. I have young kids, so I try to switch off. Mm. And so in those moments, I don't really want to reflect more about being present in what I'm doing. So maybe that would that should be the time that I reflect. But I'm like, look, just give my, my head a break for a little, yeah, for the weekend, etc., and then I can get back on it. Yeah, totally. It's it's a bit like that when, and I guess when you're passionate about something, you do want to work on it all the time. And there's so many people that you know I've had on past guests on the podcast that have said. You know, it is hard to switch off when it's your own brand and it's something that yeah. you're very passionate about. And I think that's just human nature in a way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're very much, very much invested. Yes. And so you also have other products with Sand and Sky, like the Flash yeah. Perfection Exfoliator, but you've recently launched an Australian emu apple range. Yes. First of all, what is <laughs> emu apple? <laughs> It's grown from a bush. It's a little berry. Um, Cute. It's not the excretion of an emu, but I have been asked about that. Oh, no, it's a, it's a beautiful berry and it's, it's got a really high vitamin C content. Fabulous. So with Emu Apple, we wanted the range to be more about glowing skin. So right. vitamin C were really important. And again, we really wanted to show off something unique about Australia. So when we found these, we were like, oh my God, this is so cool. I love um, that. And it's just, you know, it's not talked about if you Google it. Yeah. So we were really strict on what we wanted the product to do and then strict on making sure that we found great Australian botanical ingredients mm-hmm. that, that made it happen. Yeah, wow. I've never, ever heard of that before. And so when I first uh, saw yeah. it online, I was like, my God, what, what are these <laughs> random ingredients? I, I'm loving it. It's so Australian as well. <laughs> exactly exactly that's why it's so cool people are just like oh my god I don't get it but yeah again for us the more you get into brand Australia the more you want to show off what Australia's got to offer totally so yeah yeah that was a big part of it it's like this is awesome and it's really effective again and it's different from kakadu plum yeah even though we have kakadu plum it's an excellent ingredient mm-hmm. but we wanted to showcase the hero ingredient which is the emu apple great and what 
other products are in this range and what skin type are you targeting? Are you targeting a skin type in this range? So we're trying to target with our ranges more so outcomes. So with Sand and Sky, the Australian Pink Clay range is more about that detoxifying. So refining your pores, helping with that redness. But with the Glow range, so the Emu Apple range, it's more about hydration. So there's five types of hyaluronic acid in there and also like a little bit of glow on the skin. So we have more ranges coming out, which is exciting. Oh, yay. Um, with Emu Apple, there's only the two products available right now, which mm-hmm. is the Dreamy Glow Drops and a Super Bounce Mask. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people use the Pink Clay Mask first because that's drawing out all the impurities. And then they use the Emu Apple Super Bounce Mask because that's putting all the hydration and glow back oh, into your skin. Right. So we really want people to use cross-range. So it's yeah. not like you're a skin type. It's that you want this impact. So good for different times of the year. Again, it's there effect of the product that we're looking for as opposed to pigeonholing too much like yeah. a, the glow range is good for you know dry skin of course because mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for that suppleness and that you know and more mature as well but that doesn't stop a 18 year old from using it yeah exactly i love that because it's so hard sometimes to find you know specific products that work for specific things and you might have a few different things going on it's hard to find one product that might embody that so it's better that you know you're you're taking it once again from more of an out-of-the-box type of perspective and actually mm. looking at the results that you can achieve, the outcome, rather than the problem, I guess. Yeah, pigeonholing yourself into a certain yeah, skin Yeah, yeah, totally. Sure. And so yeah. I'm very excited about this because there's a brand-new product that you've launched and I can't wait to try it. It's the Smoothing Body Sand. Tell me <laughs> about this. I'm so excited about it. So just launched, what are we up to, two weeks ago, which is great. Wow. And it was something that... It was almost a mistake that it came to be. And then what? we were like, can we launch a body product? We're like, yeah, what does it matter? It doesn't matter. Do what you <laughs> want. No rules. <laughs> and again, we were like, you know, your body is your biggest organ. It's really important to have nice, smooth skin. And randomly with the mask, we get all these people asking us where they could put the mask. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> interesting. Because they're like, oh, my tummy is a bit gross. Can I put it on my tummy? And we're like, yeah, 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 sure. Wow. Like all different areas, quite strange some of them. So <laughs> oh, God. that sort of then fed into this. You know, that sort of hangs around in the back of your mind, like too random, these questions that we get asked. Yeah. And then when we heard a little bit about this product from one of our formulators, like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, what about a body sand? And we were like, really? And then we are like, no, actually, that could be really fun. Like that's yeah. something that's really great for you. And we want, again, people wanting to put the clay on their body. We're like, okay, well, let's make a product that solves that for people. And it's got a beautiful biodegradable um, mica in there that gives you that little bit of a golden hour glow, that little bit of a sheen as I was, well, which is really Yeah, cute. I was about to ask you about that because that's what really excites me, the illuminating part. So that sounds I great. I love to be illuminated, let me tell you. I know. <laughs> and it doesn't, you know, it'll last for a day. It's just something, oh. it's very, very subtle. It's not the, you know, 90s glitter, which I yeah. definitely would partake in. It's more about like, like a subtle impact on the team, but it looks stunning. I'm going to be walking down the street looking like a goddess. I I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to be like, wow, you're glowing. I'm like, I know. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and really important to obviously source, sustainably sourced and biodegradable mica as well. Absolutely, because that's that's the way everyone's, you know, trying to do the biodegradable, environmentally friendly, all of that. And it's just the way that everyone's going with products now, which is fantastic and it's better for the planet. It's it's great. Yeah, no, very lucky that everyone's making that move. Yeah, absolutely. And so 
So going back to the business as a whole, did you anticipate the type of success that Sand and Sky has had? No. No? Not at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, we're just going to see how this goes. Oh, we, we're excited by it. Yeah. But no, we were blown away by the results. And even we decided we wanted to do retail. You know, we, we predominantly yes. wanted to be a direct consumer brand. And we decided, no, we should do retail because beauty products become credible if they're in retailers. Right. And then the first retailer that emailed us was Harrods. What? What? (laughs) Oh, just casually. Just casually. And they'd, it was the head beauty buyer who'd emailed on her Sunday night because she'd seen a video on Instagram. And it just went from there. Like, I was just like, oh my God. I'm like, I was sitting at the office and I'm like, oh my God, we just received an email from Harrods. (laughs) Like, so that sort of stuff you can't plan for. Like, you, yeah. Wow. Just, went from there if only you and had crystal so ball lucky. oh totally yeah, i know yeah we were so lucky to, that we've got such great retail partners um and that's been really a powerful part of our growth as well mm. and um yeah exciting one we yeah. and we i love it you know now we get emailed from lots of um weird and wonderful countries about selling our products and kind of amazing yes absolutely that is amazing mm. and speaking yeah. uh, i guess when you got that email from harrods you're probably like it's a spam there's no way <laughs> <laughs> right but it was back. like she was so specific like i've seen this on instagram and that that's point we could see how much it was picking up yeah and it was sort of like okay wow this is well I thought how smart is this beauty buyer (laughs) totally (laughs) she's on on Instagram and she's going for indie brands because we were a one skew brand at that stage not a lot of retailers are stocking one skew so we thought that that would be against us but I was like wow this like really old amazing retailer is contacting us on a Sunday night because they've seen something on Instagram. I just thought that's so progressive. That is. And the UK was the first market to really contact us and, and then just snowballed from there. That's but, fantastic. yeah, I was just more impressed with her research. I was like, Yeah. Really... I guess, yeah, just that's amazing. It, it goes to show that they're really thinking ahead and they're not just, um, I guess, pigeonholing themselves to. Exactly. Yeah, which is fantastic brands. because so many, you know, younger brands, so many smaller brands out there, they have amazing products. They just need the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the fact that they were looking and looking in different avenues for new brands, mm. again, I was really like, wow, you know, I feel like retail we see, especially in Australia, is a little bit of a struggling. Yes. Um, and totally. obviously there's great players like, you know, the Mickers of the World and we yep. um, work with Myra and Door Beauty as well, which is um, really, really good. Great. But, yeah, you feel like it's an industry that has struggled a little bit, but to see – such forward thinking from such an old retailer, uh, we were definitely blown away. Yeah, and obviously that's, you know, a key to their success as well because they're always innovating and, you know, changing and updating. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so what advice would you have for someone wanting to crack the beauty world? Good question. (laughs) Um, I think, as you said, you don't plan too much. Like, be true to your product. Uh, We've definitely had lots of people uh, inspired by us in a polite way. and. That's fine, but I really believe that true success is coming from creating something that you believe in and having a story about that product. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to come to work if every day you're just watching what someone else does and, and copying their moves. Yeah. You want to come to work and be like, cool, yeah, what can we do next and what ideas have we, have we got? Like it has to feel fresh. People have to feel challenged. Exactly. So, yes, I think it's not so much about planning what your niche is. It's, I think it's about creating a product and creating a brand. That, that embodies you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because then no one else can take that away. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's great advice. <laughs> Truly. I love that. That's fantastic. I think our, our listeners will love that as well because, you know, they love hearing about how all the brands actually do it. And mm. it's, it's something that's not really spoken about too often or, you know, I guess it's becoming a bit more of a conversation these days with all the platforms yeah. that are out there. But, yeah, it's it's great to hear all the different advice and just something so straightforward as well. It's not as complicated as people think. No. Yeah. No, great. And how do you keep your customers engaged and coming back? So we have a big focus on it. Uh, of course, we can always improve, but we talk to our customers at about products. So we had a secret um, body sand event here for 40 of our customers oh, in our office. that's great. And I got to try the product first and we're not allowed to tell anyone and then we fed them champagne and canapes <laughs> and Perfect. they had a great time. And it was so cool because then we got to meet people yeah. and they were so honest in their feedback. So I think it's the customer has to be front and centre of everything that you're thinking about, even the brush. Like that's annoying to having clay underneath your fingernails. Yeah. So I think now it's all about how we engage with them and that offline engagement is really important mm. and 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 yields a long-time customer. You know, they even some of the girls that were here were like, oh, my God, I'm a customer for life. I just haven't oh, had wow. this opportunity. And the funny thing was we had an influencer that contacted our head of PR and influencers because she thought she wasn't invited to the event. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, uh, we were in serious. I'm like, no, it's actually just customers because it's always everyone else that gets the invites and the customers mm, don't. That's so, so true. So that is really going to be an important part of what we do going forward and we're even creating a trial team with our customers so they'll get to trial upcoming pro- products. I love um, that. Like literally lab samples. Great. Um, which is going to be really cool. And then in our office we're opening up a shop because we get a lot of international visitors that look in the T's and C's of the website and find our office address and then they come here oh and they're my like, my daughter said that when I come to Australia I'm going to buy Sand and Sky. Wow. So we're like just naturally, you know, just really humbled by that but yes. also see it as another opportunity to engage with customers I and get that. people coming in that have walked around the city and, and found our office and want to come and say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important too for the staff. So it'll, it's been set up as anyone can take the payment but you've got to engage with that customer and understand more about how they found out about us, what they like about us and, yeah, any other feedback. So I think I it's being open to all the feedback um, from customers is the best way to evolve and to improve your offering. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's so great. And while everything's online these days and while everyone's connected and, you know, just at the click of a button, I think it's still very important to have that face-to-face time. You know, it's something that I think with all the rise of social media, it's something we're forgetting to do, but that sort of FaceTime and actually connecting, as you said, with your customers, that that is so much bigger than just a a message on Instagram. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. it's almost like you know, turning it on its head, the yeah. sort of D to C, like, and not being that visible, but being, like, having a big presence on social media. I'm like, it's so much better to meet someone in person. Absolutely. Than have, you know. Oh, I love a good <laughs> chat in person, exactly. let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you engage with that person, you know. It's exactly. something you create a connection, whereas replying to a comment on social media is just, is, is not the same. Yes. You're going to have the same impact. Absolutely not the same. And what do you think is the secret? to success 
business, especially in this industry? Oh, I think it's probably going back to that being true to yourself, mm-hmm. like not getting hung up on what beauty should be and what that should mean to anyone and what a beauty staff member or a brand should look like. Yeah. Because I think there's so many different types of women and, yeah, some are super beauty obsessed and others aren't, but they like trying nice products. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's being open. I love that. I think it might be, yeah. And Great. Just, yeah, it's still being true to yourself. Awesome. And what's been your greatest achievement with the brand? Surviving every day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. Look, I think evolving the brand. I think yeah. making it yeah. you know, so much bigger than when we started, adding the SKUs, like just really and, and promoting Australia. Like I did um, an event with Global Victoria today and it was so oh, cool. Wow. Like on, on India. Yeah, it was so fun. And for me, I'm like so again, like humbled to be able to represent Australia through a brand. So that's definitely yeah, my most exciting um, achievement. That's fantastic. I love that. And what can we expect in the next year from Sand and Sky? Oh, so many products. Like oh. years of hard work are going to yield lots of launches. The poor team here is Great. <laughs> actually trying to keep up with everything. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you'll see these piecemeal launches because we're just so excited as soon as we get a product in the warehouse mm-hmm. after all the work that goes Oh, yes. It. Yes, yeah. I can only imagine. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. That's great. Yeah. So more strategy in 2021, but this year it's about launching new products because we've got so many exciting things in the pipeline. Fabulous. And launching... You know, I'm really obsessed. So we're launched into India. Um, we're doing some work cross-border in China. Um, right. It's about opening opening markets that we're not already present in, which get people here a little bit yeah. nervous because there's so much work to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, you need to expand. It's all about the expansion and, you know, if you can do it, why not? Exactly. Mm. And opportunity. Why say no to opportunity? Totally. Absolutely. And where can we find Sand and Sky and get our hands on your products? In Australia, available online at Mecca, mm-hmm. um, Adore Beauty, and also in-store um, at Maya. Great. Amazing. And what about some internationals there? You... Uh, most of the Forers, mm-hmm. Cult Beauty, Suffrages, Liberties, Great. Harvey Nichols, yeah. ASOS. Um, Amazing. <laughs> Lots of places, so many places. Don't worry, like, I, make, yeah. I won't make you go down the whole list. No. <laughs> we'll be here for a while. <laughs> and and in, our, in our office. Oh, perfect. Office Amazing. Yeah. Great. And Can't that address be. will be on our Instagram soon. So oh, how exciting. if you get a chance and you're in Melbourne, then please come and say hi. Oh, my gosh, that is so great. I love that idea. I've never heard heard of that that's fantastic i love it okay so yeah i'm i'm gonna jump in to some random questions for you yeah perfect i'm excited about this me too it's always my favorite part (laughs) okay um what's your favorite thing that you own oh oh then it makes me feel really shallow I got it's a new fine. car last year and I love it. Oh, but I'm yes. Not what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> I say own it. That's amazing. Oh, no. Success. We love it. Achievements. Great cars. Gorgeous interior, I assume, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm shallow, I'll get to, that was my one shallow purchase. So, I yeah, love it. No. <laughs> you need to get around. It's fine. <laughs> and you can only eat one breakfast forever. What is it? Oh, it's so sad. Smashed avocado with feta. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Basic but good. I love it. Wow. I'm a bit of a health nut, so this is, yeah. I nice. Well, it's tasty, quality. right? It's tasty. Yeah. 
I do yeah. love a smashed avo with fennel. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, what's your signature scent? Oh, Tom Ford Black Orchid I've worn for such oh, a long time. Oh, nice. That's I a know. lovely one. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, I love <laughs> a good I've tried perfume. other fancy ones and I just keep coming back to that. So. Yeah. Oh, no, that's I love amazing. That. I, a good, I love a, a good scent. My favourite's probably Sea by Giorgio Armani. Oh. That's I my fave. That. But that's that Kate Blanchett one. Yes. Well, yes. She's the ambassador, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Kate Blanchett one. That's it. Yeah. It's the best. I love it. But oh, I'm, I'm going to have to go and uh, have another smell of the Tom Ford one. Yes, it's beautiful. And now I've worn it so much that people are like, every time I smell it on someone else, it reminds me of you. So, yeah. Oh, that's nice. I can't walk away. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think it. my mum even bought it and she only wears it when she's not seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I saw it in her bathroom. I'm like, oh, when did this happen? She's like, oh, oh I, just, I love it. So I didn't want to wear it around you. But I oh, my gosh. That's so funny. That's hilarious. That's something my mum would do. <laughs> It's very cute. <laughs> it is cute. Oh, Sarah, you have been so great. Thank you so much for oh, coming no, on. Thank you. No, thank you. It's been really love. Love the question. Love oh, the I'm question. so glad. So thank I appreciate you. That. No, thank you for sharing everything. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's great to to speak to you and hear everything that you've achieved. And congratulations. I can't wait to see what Sand and Sky do next. Yeah. No, we'll send you some more products. I'll send you the secret squirrel products. So, oh yeah, yes, I can't wait. Tell yeah, I'll get I'll get some mama guard <laughs> around me. It's fine. I'll hire them. We'll be right. <laughs> I hope so. We like that. <laughs> yeah. Do a little Instagram post, make it really dramatic. I'll just stand next to an armor guard parked in, I don't know, a local shopping centre or something and make it look really dramatic. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that well, would be great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. See you later. Perfect. Thanks, Emma.